playing games with my heart. Is this for Elliot or about the Sixers? <laughs> I think it applies either way. Both. Works for both. Uh, boy, I, tell you, I just can't believe like somebody sits around the house listening to this kind of music. Oh, that's a good one. The 90s were a different yeah, time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> good time. And joining us next, the guy who knows all about that, of course, Kyle, our next guest, Elliot Shore Parks. ESP. Elliot Shore Parks, sponsored by Bet Parks. Open the Bet Parks app. New users win your first $10 bet and get $125 in bonus bets. Must be 21. In Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, or Maryland, gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Elliot, welcome to the show, and happy trade deadline, Eve. How you doing, Elliot? What's going on? How you guys doing today? You excited for a trade? I feel like one's going to happen pretty soon. So, so what do you like. think? What do you? Sorry about that, Elliot. But what do you think they're going to do? Are they going to go kind of all in and get get a a, a big name guy, or yeah. just get somebody to help them hold the fort for a little while? So, so I think this situation is set up for them to go out and get a big name guy. Now, I will say a lot of the big names we talked about over the last month are no longer available. Zach Levine presumably not going to be traded. Now that he had that surgery, OG is in, uh, in New York. So a lot of the big names are gone. But guys like uh, Murray are still out there, and I think the Sixers are uniquely set up to go and get them. They have a ton of expiring contracts, which obviously lose their value uh, you know, by 4 o'clock tomorrow because they can't trade them in the offseason. And they have a lot of draft picks, which is something they've not had in a long time. But outside of those two things, they have an incentive to go do something. Like They have to get this team help. Watching them the last two nights, the last two games, it's looked like watching the 0-1 Sixers without Iverson. Like, there is just – there's no hope if, if they don't make a trade. They, they don't have enough guys to stay afloat. This will be a play-in tournament team if they, if they don't make a move. So, I think the combination of those three things is going to lead to a big trade. I agree with that, Elliot. 4-11 and now without you. Well, here's Brian Windhorst. Let's play these names. Windhorst talking about the possible names he's here and can associate with the Sixers. And then let's react to what he said. Here's Brian Windhorst on ESPN. The most likely guys to go are Marcus Morris – Robert Covington, Furkan Korkmaz, maybe Daniel House if you get down the list. And I expect them to try to get guys back who are on. So you talking about targeting a guy like Bruce Brown, team option. Targeting a guy like uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, team option. They're going to try to get a maybe a backup center who can sort of play center minutes. So you're talking about potentially a guy like Kelly Olenek, who's in the last year of his deal. Andre Drummond, who's in the last year of his deal. Elliot, when I hear Windhorse, here's my spin on that. They want to try, but every one of those names he put out there, it keeps some flexibility, right? Like Bruce Brown, Bogdanovich, like they're not locked in. It feels like they want to try for this year, for whatever this is going to be, but not impact the future. What do you think about this needle that Maury might be trying to thread here? Yeah, when I hear that list of players, I think they're not trying. I mean, that would be an incredibly disappointing uh, turnout. If this time tomorrow or, you know, where we're talking about the fact that those are the players they've those that they've acquired. None of those players are difference makers. If they have MVP level Joel and Maxi's playing well, do those players make them better? Sure, I think they're they're slight upgrades, or you know maybe more than that over what they have currently. But none of those players change change the playoff seating, and none of those players I think like change the larger picture of what's going on with the team. You look at where the team is at and like what more you should be trying to do. This whole cap space plan thing to me seems very risky, and that's why I think it's probably a lie. Like, coming into, going into this offseason with the plan of signing a free agent, that's incredibly risky. You don't know if he'll come here. You don't know who's going to be there. It, it impacts how you can sign your other guys. So this trade deadline is the time to go do it. Like, this is your best chance to use assets to acquire a star. And if the result of, like, the Harden trade and all this is that they acquire Andre Drummond again, like, that would be, that would be incredibly disappointing if that's the outcome. 
Elliot, you mentioned Tyrese Max there, and I saw you talking about him a couple nights ago. He did not play very well against Dallas, and they need him to play better here. Elliot, where are you on Maxi? Because it's it's interesting the discourse on him. I, I think we've vacillated here between probably at times overrating and underrating him since he became a sixer. He's obviously a good player. He's an all-star. He's developing really well, really quickly. But the reality is you look at him since, what, the beginning of December? He's shooting 43%. He has not played great for a while here. Where are you on Maxi? And it feels like it's a big time for him the next month or so. Yeah, I think one thing you said in there is really where everyone should be with Maxi is he's an all-star. And if he's going to be an all-star, then he should be expected to carry the team better than he has. I'm not saying that with Maxi as the best player, they should be as good as they are when Joel is there. Obviously, that's not the case. There's like five or six players in the league that I think are good enough individually to carry their team to a top seed in the conference. Maxi's not one of them. But Maxi has to be a player that when Joel is out, the team is better than 4-11. and And I think the concerning thing with Maxi is when Joel's there and he's playing great, yeah, Maxi looks awesome. But a lot of players look great around Joel when Joel is playing awesome. The issue is when Maxi isn't there. I'm sorry, when Joel isn't there, Maxi, you know, gets shut down somewhat easily. He had 15 points against Dallas, didn't play well against Brooklyn. Obviously a great uh, showing against the Jazz, but that was mostly just because he hit an unreal amount of his threes. Uh, the concern I have is that if Maxi's going to be your main guy, I don't think he can be the top option on the perimeter. And that's why they have to go out and get like a Murray or somebody else that can be your top perimeter guy if Maxi is, you know, playing like he has without Joel. Hugh, your guy, DeJounte Murray. Yeah, that's who the guy that I've been looking at. How feasible do you think and what if we got DeJounte Murray, how would how do you think he would fit into this this Sixers organization or this Sixers lineup? Yeah, so I think uh, uh, he would help in a couple ways. One, I think that he would take pressure off Maxi as, as the main ball handler. So one benefit of that would be Maxi can go back to just being the elite scorer, like elite three-point shooter type of guy. He doesn't have to worry about getting people involved. So that's, that's one benefit of getting married. The other benefit is that if Maxi is not on top of his game or if Joel is not there – Murray is someone that can, could potentially carry the team. I know that in Atlanta they have not, you know, been like a top seed with him as the top guy, mm-hmm. but they have been a playoff. Like, you know, they, they've been in playoff contention. He's played in playoff games, I believe. So, like, he is someone that if Embiid's not playing well or Maxie's not playing well, he's more than he, – he is capable of getting you, you know, 30-plus points to, to win a game. So, I think Murray fits in, in that way. He is someone that when the pressure is on and they're playing in big games or they need someone to step up, He's someone that can do that. I think someone like Andre Drummond's a nice role player, but but Drummond's not carrying you. Murray comes in, and he can be the guy if they need him to be. We're talking Elliot Shore Parks here as uh, we get ready for the NBA trade deadline tomorrow. The Sixers trying to hold this thing together without Joel Embiid. All right, Elliot, let me ask you a big-picture question about Daryl Morey. He's obviously accomplished. He does a lot of things well, and he's won a lot. No championship, but he's won a lot in the NBA. But one thing I've, I've criticized him before is I think sometimes he can be too – I don't know, black and white about things. Like, hey, these are our title odds, and I'm not doing this unless it changes our title odds. Elliot, do you think he owes it to the team to do something now? Because part of me thinks he's probably looking at now like, our title odds took a hit. I mean, they're 42 to 1 now. So I think there's a part of Darren Moore who's probably like, is it worth it? We're probably not going to win the title this year. But do you think he owes it to the team, Joel, if he can come back, Maxie, the fans, whatever, to try here before tomorrow? So it's an interesting question. I would say first that their best chance to do something is right now. Like whether he believes in the team, doesn't want to help the team, you know, all those things, they have more assets to make a move right now than they will this offseason. So regardless of how he feels, I think you have to attack the trade deadline 
with that in mind. So, so there's that part of it. But the second part of it is, yes, I do think he owes, like he owes it to Tyrese Maxey to go out and get Maxey help. Um, you know, this could probably be a four-hour conversation if we wanted to go there with it. But like Joel, in the early stages of the process, one thing people said was, if he's around losing too much, it's going to impact him. And I don't know if that definitely ended up being the case. But if you're going to have Maxey basically go 4-11 and 11 over, you know, whatever percentage that would be over two months, like how does that impact him, right? Like, like how does Maxey going out there every night and not being able to be the guy in this team suffering, like how does that impact him long term? I think you owe it to Maxey to go out and get players around him that can make him better and help him over this stretch. Because otherwise, this could be a really ugly two months for, for how long Joel's out. Elliot, before we throw an Eagles question at you, I just got to bring this up because I haven't heard it talked too much. I heard Joe a couple mornings ago mention what they've done. I think it's being under-talked about here because it's, people don't want to acknowledge it. I'm sure you know about it. Elliot, the, James Harden on the Clippers, they look yeah. incredible right now. They, they, ha- <laughs> they have the best record in the West. They have no player on that team is top 35 in usage rate, which basically says they're sharing the basketball between Kawhi, Paul George, and James Harden. Elliot, what do you make of this? I mean, Harden right now looks like he's on a team that could go very far in the playoffs, and we're, we're not uh, in that space right now here. Yeah, I think there's a real chance that it ends up looking like the Sixers made a massive mistake trading him and a real chance that it looked like Maury's handling of the Harden situation cost them a, a real chance at a title. I mean, James Harden was really good for them last year. We all know in the, there were some playoff games where he was not great. But you look at how he's playing in L.A., you look at what he gave them last year, I mean, he single-handedly won them two playoff games. And for him to one out, basically what it seems like, either you know money or miscommunication on Daryl's part, like it felt like it was all avoidable. So you know, you started this call talking about maybe they'll get Andre Drummond or, or you know, Bruce Brown or Kelly Olynyk. None of those guys are as good as James Harden. They're not even in the same stratosphere as James Harden. But that's what we're talking about trading these Harden assets for. So, yeah, I mean, Harden's playing outstanding. They could certainly use a player like Harden. And if this thing collapses and the Clippers actually make a playoff run, it's going to look really bad for Daryl Moore. I agree with that. All right, Elliot, an Eagles question. Um, I, if I asked this a year ago or asked anyone, I think it would have been an easy answer. The next five years, which team would have more success, Eagles or Niners? Let's ask it again now as the Niners are back in the Super Bowl and we know the Eagles season didn't end well. Elliot, the future. We'll just use you know five years. You can't go beyond that in football. Who do you think has more success, Eagles or Niners? It's a great question. I saw you tweet this earlier. I've been thinking about it, you know, since then. I think you would probably still have to go with the Eagles just because I believe that they have a better GM. And I still think that, you know, they could have the better quarterback. Purdy's playing better now. But Hurts, I think, was drafted higher for a reason. He outplayed Purdy, obviously, you know, substantially last year. And I think the Eagles' track record of success is long enough where you can bet on them moving forward. I also think the gap between them isn't as big as people think. Like, the Eagles' offense, I think, can be right there with the Niners' offense next year. The Eagles' defense, for as much as people rip it, they were the better unit in the playoffs than the offense was against Tampa. So it's very close. I wouldn't fault anyone for picking San Francisco, but I think banking on the track record of Howie and Jeffrey as, like, of people that run the team, I think would be the smart bet when picking between the two. Elliot, good stuff. We're excited. We know you're going to be here tomorrow, so we'll have fun having Elliot with us tomorrow. Appreciate On you. trade deadline day, Elliot. I'm sure we'll react to a lot and have some fun. Elliot, thank you, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Yep, sounds good. Talk to you guys. There he goes. Elliot Shore Parks. Yeah, tomorrow, tomorrow, we're lining up a big show tomorrow. It's trade deadline day. We're a couple days from the Super Bowl with Andy Reid in it. So uh, we got some uh, we got some fun things planned for tomorrow, including